Welcome once again to this video cast on the Creator and the Created. And in today's video cast, we'll be speaking about the justice and the mercy of God. When we think of both justice and mercy, we often think of these virtues to be in opposition, or at least we think them incompatible. We often believe that one will avoid the other. Or one is present, the other one cannot be. Certainly, the problem becomes more delicate when we speak of God's justice and of God's mercy. Because if these are present in God, they must be equally present. That is, God is essentially both mercy and justice at the same time. St. Thomas Aquinas, in question 21 of the first part of the Summa Theologiae, will speak about God's justice and mercy. And in question 30 of the second part of the second part of the same work, he will specifically talk about the virtue of mercy. And this will have a relevance to God, especially when speaking of the second person of the Trinity. The devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus is a concrete way in which the doctrine of God's mercy is applied to the person of Jesus Christ. However, at this point, we are looking at chiefly the economy of creation rather than that of salvation. Thus, the emphasis will not be exactly the same. Again, here we have an example of the limit of man's knowledge that needs to analyze, that needs to separate in order to understand what in God is inseparable. God the Creator is God the Savior. But intellectually, historically, our understanding is incapable to understand this truth in just one intuition. Our rationality does not work in this way. As we have seen when speaking of God's attributes, these perfections in God exist in Him according to His nature. And thus justice and mercy between men pale in comparison to the justice to the justice that exists in divine nature. Justice between men is not the same as justice between God and men, especially when it comes to how God expresses his justice to man. Justice is a virtue by which each being, each one, receives what is due or what belongs to him or to it according to to its nature, or even according to the accents stemming from that nature, like possessions. There are two types or two kinds of justice, commutative and distributive. Commutative justice is between equals, where there is a give and take between two parties, as is found in trade. There is an equitable exchange of goods. One side does not cheat the other. Distributive justice is where a good is distributed according to the needs of him who receives the good, because the receiver has some right to these goods. These, this kind of justice we see in certain services rendered by the state to its citizens. In God, however, there is no such thing as commutative justice. There is no equality between God and creatures. The creature cannot exchange any good with God since the creature receives every good from him. 
God distributes every good to creatures according to his wisdom, according to the eternal wisdom that has ordered every creature to a specific nature, which in turn has specific needs that God fulfills in the plan of creation. This justice is present in both free and plainly natural creatures. Both men and rocks enjoy the justice of God. And natural law is an expression of the eternal law of God's will ordering creation. It's also true that God needs nothing from man. So he cannot exchange anything because he needs nothing from man. God's goodness is manifested in giving creatures their perfections. All substances that exist with all their perfections manifest God's perfection. Yet his justice is shown in giving these perfections according to the measure needed by the nature he has created for each kind of creature. He gives lungs to fish and liberty to the rational human soul. His liberality is shown in destining men to heaven, even if naturally it is not possible for men to arrive there by their own power. And finally, God manifests his mercy by removing defects, by freeing us from the misery of evil, of death, and of sin. St. Thomas's first definition of mercy as the removal of defects or miseries is followed by another that may be applicable to God in part or imperfectly as any definition, obviously. Mercy, according to the definition of, vir- of the virtue, is fully present in God in an excellent way, especially in the second person due to his humanity where the affective and effective as- aspects are both present. If, however, we speak exclusively of divine essence, St. Thomas says that the effective aspect of mercy is that which is mostly greatly or that which is most greatly attributed to God, to God's nature. Both in question 21 of the first part of the Theology and in question 30 of the second part of the second part, St. Thomas will say that to have mercy is to have a suffering heart that hurts with the misery of others, and thus this heart will try to alleviate, alleviate this misery suffered by others. This alleviation of the misery of the other is the effective aspect of mercy, which is primarily attributed to God. Mercy is, in a sense, more fundamental than justice. It is at the heart or at the foundation of justice, even if in God both mercy and justice are the very essence. In every work of God, justice is found. It is a measure of goodness. In every work of justice, mercy is presupposed. In the most radical sense, no creature merits anything from God. In front of God, we deserve nothing. He owes us nothing. It is by his mercy that any mercy or justice is shown to us in creation. In the moral sense, mercy is shown to the condemned in not remitting the condemnation, but in somewhat alleviating it. And justice is shown in the justification of the repentant sinner 
not by destroying justice, but by a measure of love that remits the fault. The break in justice operated by the sinner is always paid or repaid by penance or by love, and this is due to the mercy of God. The repentant sinner can be forgiven by God's mercy, but justice demands that he pay the penalty, the temporal punishment of his sins must be repaid or purified by charity, by prayer, or by penance in this life or in purgatory. God's superabundance of goodness not only gives each his due through justice, but more radically gives us every good by his mercy, especially due to some evil. There's no necessity in God, and there's no necessity in God to show his mercy nor his justice to creatures, but due to his perfect goodness and wisdom he wishes to bestow a measure, even a superabundant measure, of his perfection in creating and sustaining his creatures in being. In the end, the justice of God is satisfied by the mercy of God in the incarnation, life, passion, and death of our Lord Jesus Christ. We will continue our next videocast speaking of the providence of God, where we actually see the justice and the mercy of God operated. Thank you for listening.